Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Oh, we got a good one today, folks. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And sometimes in the middays, we like to start with a little chaos off the rip. We come at you with a big show, you might say. That does you happen with say. us. You might say that. Every once in a while, we've been having a lot more crazy shows here in the holiday season. It continues in 2024. I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to waste any time. Let's get off the bus, except let's do it in a little bit different way than usual. Something a little different for you. Go ahead, Mr. Bus Driver behind the ones and twos, Josh Fitty Marlowe. Open up the doors. Let's pull up to the scene and get off the bus. Gentlemen, again, welcome to the Western Walker Show, joined by our special guest today, dubbed the world's largest athlete, standing at seven foot over 380 pounds, 22 5E shoe size he has. I didn't even know that was a real that's thing. A lie. <laughs> that's a lie. That's a lie. That's what I read. <laughs> that's, yeah, I know. Uh, that's a lie. I don't have five kids either. That's a lie. Uh, the right, the intro wrong. already a little messy, but it's okay. Well, White made his professional <laughs> debut. Mr. Paul White, that is, to you guys out there, made his debut in WCW at Halloween Havoc in 1995. Seven-time world champion. Also won the WWE Intercontinental Championship. The United States Championship, the Hardcore Championship, any championship you could think of, he's done it as well. Tag Team Champion multiple times, Pro Wrestling Rookie of the Year and Wrestler of the Year at 96, TV star and movie star, Paul White joins us, <laughs> a.k.a. The Big Show. Let's get it. Give it up for him. In the studio with Wes and Walker. Paul, how you doing, man? I'm you just, like that? I'm blown away by that intro. You like that, man? I'm just sitting there thinking like, yeah, yeah, that 22-5E is wrong. That was <laughs> that was Jim Ross trying to promote me being a giant. I'm like, That's dude, I'm, was. I'm, a, I'm a, like a 17. That sounds like a bra size more than it sounds like a shoe yeah, size. Yeah, it's just like, it's like uh, I don't want feet that damn big. You imagine how clumsy I'd be with feet that big? Like, <laughs> you know I'm what? Good. When we did the foot picture that we will post, when we did our shoes together, our Jordans together, I was like, man, I was like a 22. I was like, I can't be that close. No, what are you, like a 14? Yeah, 14. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. Like, like Shaq's got like a 20, right? I don't yeah, know I what Shaq's he, is. I think Shaq no, like, used to say was a 22. Well, I, I, I've had my foot next to Shaq's. And his yeah. compl- like, I, I want to row over to, to another country in Shaq's shoe. I'm like, my God, man. 
How are you that good an athlete with feet that big? Isn't it crazy that we have a dude named, you know, Paul White, known formerly as the Big Show, and then you're going with him next to Shaq, and even he is saying, yeah, I would, I could hop in there. Uh, he I could hop giant, in like he a He had those boat. giant, ugly Reeboks, you know? Oh, you think they're ugly? Oh, God, yeah. Which ones are you talking about? The, you talking the about black the and Nelson? white ones that look like... You're some, talking about the Shaq Nelsons. I, I, yeah, it, it, it's... I mean, I'm always going to be a, a Jordan fan of stylish shoes. Like, you got I the mean, Jordan fours on today. I do. I like to style them. I think you know, but when the shoes that big and your foot's that big and there's that much going on, it's like those ugly uh, Space Jam LeBrons a few years ago. Do you remember those? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's just it's just too much going on. Like you're a sneakerhead. Well, yeah, there's a long story behind why I'm a sneakerhead. I love it. When I was a kid, grew up in South Carolina, not far from here. Times are tough. Um, you know. And I remember one winter I had uh, blue shoes and green shoes and the holes were blowed out on the opposite shoe in each one. And I went to school with one blue shoe and one green shoe because it was wintertime and it was cold. And I remember I didn't want to tell the kids I was poor. So I told them I was colorblind. Mm. So then for years, all the kids would run up and be like, what color is this? And I would just go, I, I don't know. And they're like, ah, you're colorblind. But I was fine with that. Right. Over them knowing that, you know, dad had gotten laid off. Times were tough. You know, that kind of a thing. What part of South Carolina? Uh, I grew up in Aiken, South Carolina, outside of Aiken County. Wow. Uh, a little town called New Holland, South Carolina, which is off of Route 39, which is about six miles from Wagner. So it's uh, real small. The Sally Chitlin strut was a real big thing there. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a little country. Well, and, and so this actually brings me to one of the questions I had, because I heard an interview that you had with George Sedano, I guess, about a month ago mm-hmm. out in L.A. You were talking about playing basketball at Wichita State. Right. That journey that brought you there. You've had a good relationship with the coach. And coach then Cohen, after yeah. a year, you, you transferred. But you also talked about how you could have gone to Clemson. You know, you were, yeah. you were visiting Clemson, South Carolina. I was, yeah. How differently, because just to tell the story, right, after Wichita State, that's when you start to get into the wrestling world. But if you would have gone to Clemson or South Carolina or played basketball here in the Carolinas, is there any telling where your life ends up? No, you know, that's the thing that I try to explain to younger people, too, that get frustrated that things don't go as they plan. Like, I always thought I was going to play basketball, go to school, uh, uh, and become a basketball player. And life will throw you curveballs, and it's 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 opportunity and a lot of it's luck, and it's also being aware of an opportunity in front of you. Um, when I was at Wichita State, Coach Cohen got fired halfway through the season. I didn't care for the new coach that came in. Um, was kind of lost a little bit in a lot of ways. I lost my dad, my grandfather, basically my coach all in about the same year, which is really tough on a young man sometimes. And I had to find my own way, and, and I was lucky to get a second chance with wrestling, something that I didn't really think I would be any good at. I just knew that I was young, I was athletic, and I wanted to do something fun because I had been in a funk for a while of not knowing what to do with my life. Do I? I, I was even entertaining thoughts of um, maybe going back and playing college somewhere for a year, maybe trying to get onto a European team, play European ball or something. Just you're young, and there wasn't, I know this sounds archaic, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't places to get all this information. You know, you kind of had to to make decisions with what you knew at the time. And I just got lucky. I got really lucky and, and met some right people and took a chance. I mean, I took a chance on going to Chicago and, and working at a karaoke place, answering phones, and met Danny Bonaducci, who introduced me to Hulk Hogan, and, and you know, my whole life has changed because of that. Um, 
And uh, yeah, there was a lot of disappointment and frustrations and, and, you know, how can it get any lower? Um, you know, I remember being really broke after I quit college and the bar I was bouncing at was closed for renovations. I was selling cars in Wichita at a place called Rusty Eck Ford and it made money uh, the first couple of months there. It was in the summertime, but in December, I owed the lunch truck $12. Mm. Like I owed the food truck 12 Like I didn't get a check. They were like, yeah, you owe us $12. And I remember not having any food in the fridge and stuff like that, you know. So it was like it was a really low point. And uh, you just make the best. And I know it sounds cheesy and cliche, but the only thing you can do is just get up and try to make make yourself move. You know, getting out of the house, making yourself move, finding something, creating something. And, and I just took a chance on, I got a job loading equipment. It was uh, 50 bucks a day cash. I was loading karaoke equipment, semi-trailers with a forklift. And then I met this guy's a fast talker, and he wanted me to, oh, I know people that are bears. I'll get you. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. And that was one of the things about maybe I'll try out for a practice squad for the bears. And then we were talking. Like having not much football experience at all. Either. I mean, I played in high school, and I was yeah. a pretty good football player uh, in high school. But I was just, there wasn't anything like me back then. I was seven foot, 390 pounds, and, you know, 26-inch vertical, and, could run a 40 and five flat. So, I mean, like that was ridiculous back then. Nowadays we've got athletes all the time that are running under five. They're running, you know, the athletes have just gotten better. Um, but for me, there wasn't a plan or direction. So when we were talking, he says, well, what do you like? I said, man, I'm a fan of pro wrestling. I grew up in the South. I'm a fan of Ric Flair, the four horsemen. I can remember dunking and wooing and strutting in high school. Cause that's, that's what I did. And, uh, he says, you want to do the wrestling? I said, yeah, man. I said, I don't know if I'll be any good at it, but it seems like something fun, you know, because I was starting to get there, well, I need to find a job. I need to find a way to make a living because this being broken, hungry stuff sucks, you know? And then, then I got into meeting the right people and worked out. And then I was exactly what that time needed for uh, a new wrestler, the size and athleticism. So at what age did your size get to a point where you knew you just weren't regular like everybody? Oh, else? dude. Well, kindergarten, I was, <laughs> I think I was four foot ten in kindergarten. Yeah. You know, which doesn't sound like at all, but in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher was five one. I was looking her in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, it was. I'm abnormal. picturing how that's going in my head, like trying to teach somebody the ABCs and you're if looking you look him at, in the eye. Like I yeah. played for uh, Aiken Sporting Goods Little League team in Aiken, South Carolina. And uh, they sponsored our Little League baseball team. And at 11, I'm six foot one or two, 12 years old. Like, I'm taller than the coaches playing Little League baseball. It's like all these coaches and then these little kids. Then there's this monster off to the side, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I dealt with, and I think on all sincerity, that was a great prep for mainstream popularity and being a wrestler. Because I went through all the awkward stuff that some people do when they first get famous of the attention and people striking up conversations and saying really messed up things to you, even though they don't know you. Oh my God, how much do you weigh? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. How about say hello first? You know what I mean? So I learned that patience, I think younger six, eight at 14. So, um, all that stuff leads into being prepared to do what I do now. Like if I look back now, it's easy to, Oh yeah, you were meant to do this. And it's great because I found something that I'm passionate about and something I am good at. I got lucky. And I think that's the thing. That, that's tough for a lot of young people now is finding that thing that 
you're passionate about as well as good at. So Paul White is joining us. You can yes. follow him on Instagram at Paul White. He's here because AEW Collision will be here on Saturday night. Bryce and I are going to be in the building, wilding out like we like to do at wrestling. What are some of the storylines for the fans as they come to this event? What should they be looking for? What's going oh, you on want in me the give AEW? All the, world? the recipe to the soup? Just yeah, let of me know. We do. Let me know what the fans want. The biggest storylines uh, as I, they come will, into Collision. I will drop this out there. AEW, of course, Collision is one of our bigger programs. Going to have a lot of top talent there. A lot of younger AEW talent that do their best to put on one hell of a show. We're going to have FTR, Dax, North Carolina native. He's there. Um, FTR versus Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews. Um, a good friend of mine that you guys know very well, Adam Copeland, who lives real close, will be there. I've heard rumors in the locker room that Adam's coming by to do something. And uh, also... The North Carolina legend himself is going to be there. Woo! Okay. So, so let the people know out there, though, because everybody's like, okay, well, well, what's the difference? How would you describe AEW as opposed to WWE when you come into a show? Uh, authenticity. It's just different. Um, I think that's the thing. For so many years, WWE was such a juggernaut in the wrestling business, uh, a sports entertainment, as they refer to it. Um, and it's a well-oiled machine, the way they process the talent, the way they present the talent, the way it's shot. They have a system that's, you know, over 40-plus years um, of presenting talent in a certain way. Um, which, if you're a wrestling fan and you are came in like I did in the, in the mid-90s and early 90s, there's an art form to professional wrestling and there's an authenticity that has to come from the talent. And I think that's the one thing that I love about AEW is that authentic, uh, authenticity that's presented to the crowd and the audience. I mean, yeah, we don't have your, we don't have talent that looks like they walked out of, I mean, we have some that are, are amazing, but we don't have talent that looks like they walked out of a magazine. We have regular people that, that our audience connect with and, and, and guys that have dug and scraped and fought and worked independence and, and, and really are there because they love it and they give 100% every night, not because they want to be a star, but because they want to wrestle. And I think that's the authenticity that resonates a little bit more with me. It's a little bit truer to the core of pro wrestling. Paul White with AEW Wrestling here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline right now, Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. I want to go back talking about you growing up where you realized your size was very different. I also want to reference another story you told with George Sedano. <laughs> a rent-a-cop tackles you at a skating rink. Oh, my goodness. You're bringing out all the dark I stuff, I am. Huh? I am. <laughs> thinking you're an 18-year-old. Right. When you are actually at 12, just because you kissed a 14-year-old yes, at 12. I did. My first kiss, I got tackled and arrested. Okay. Know. Wow. Yeah. You said you were traumatized there. Pretty clearly understandable that that might yeah, be the I case. I understand. I might have been over six foot tall. I might have looked like, but I'm still a kid. You yeah. know, I mean, all of us, guys and gals, remember your first kiss when you were younger. Especially things were different in those times, and... All the movies you watched, the first kiss was the big thing and all that. I mean, kids nowadays are so far beyond what they have on the internet. Like, it's it's crazy. But back then, your first kiss was a big deal. Like, it was, uh, and I just remember that whole situation made it very difficult for me to, uh, to process a lot of that. Like, I, I knew I was a freak. I knew I was different. And it was hard for me to, uh, to interact with, with other kids kids at that time, you know, when you're younger like that, anything different is bullied, whether it's bigger, whether it's smaller, whether it's fatter or skinnier, 
that's that's the pecking order uh, the, the way it was back then. You know, there was a lot of that. I didn't really come into my own as a person until I started being an athlete. And then the size and the athleticism, then it was like, oh, yeah, well, he's a freak, but he's our freak. You know, then it became different. Yeah, I was going to ask, too, that being a, a moment within itself, 100%. It, was that the biggest, oh, life is going to be different for me because of my size moment? Or are there a few that come to um, mind? Th- th- there's a lot of them that come in like that. Um, I think emotionally and personally for, the, for, for, for something like that that's very important for a young person. Yeah, that was a huge hit. But just the the overall of I had a playing football in high school. Um, I kicked off because uh, I played soccer. Good athlete. Did the kickoffs. Ran down in high school. They formed the little wedge. You know, well, I was three thirteen seven foot oh. as a senior in high school. Like hey. I said, running a five flat and pass. That's wedge. Uh, that, that's comedy. That, there, there's, that's comedy. It is comedy. But I went through that wall like a freight train going through a bunch of water bottles, and one of the kids got smashed really bad. Um, and his mom ran on the field with a plastic cup full of beer, and she threw the beer cup into my face and goes, you mongoloid, like that. And I remember looking at my friend, Dre Watermaker, and I go, hey, uh, what's a mongoloid? And he goes, it's not good, man. It's not good. <laughs> so it was like I I didn't understand, like, well, we're playing football, and I'm playing hard, and then, oh, but it's a different – there are different rules for me. You know. Here's another one from me, Paul. So I will we'll move past the tough side. Yeah, yeah, I don't I mean, know why. Know, right now, no, I'm, I'm, sorry. Need to go, I'm sorry. I need to get therapy now. I, 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 can't, I, I can't help myself. WFNZ <laughs> Sports Therapy. Yeah, lie down on the couch and talk to us here yeah. on Wes and Walker. Uh, you're the third wrestler we've interviewed. We, okay. cons- we consider R-Truth a friend of the show. Yeah, I feel love like that's R- fair. I talk to R-Truth a couple times a week. That's I love guy. him. Oh, God. Yeah. We, we freaking love I him. I love him. Yeah. All right. Since then, we've really only interviewed wrestlers that are about 350 pounds or more. Okay. Mark Henry. Got to talk That's with him. That's my brother from... You got oh, two yeah. of my favorite human beings. Yeah, Mark man. Henry's my brother from another mother. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Feel free to share stories on any of them, but I know you and Mark Henry battled as heavyweights before becoming a tag team. Yeah. I got to know what those battles with sexual chocolate was like. I uh, mean, the world's strongest dude against one of the world's biggest dudes and then doing tag team stuff with them. What in the hell was that like in the ring? It's different with Mark because Mark is literally probably one of the strongest wrestlers to ever wear a pair of wrestling boots. Um, just naturally, sometimes scary because you go like, I'm strong. I'm a powerful dude and I'm a big dude. And then there's sometimes I've done stuff with Mark, that little twinge in the back of your brain, you just go, oh, damn, this dude ain't built right either. <laughs> you know, like he put me through an announce table one time and didn't like the angle and then just double clutched me to replace me while he's holding me. But just like pick me up like you'd adjust a bag of groceries to put in the back of the truck or something. I'm like, dang, this dude is strong. I remember coming to the locker room. I told this story before, but came to the locker room one day and Mark's sitting. He's, he's got his hands on his knees, his elbows on his knees, and he's bent over and there's sweat pouring off his I think he's crying. He looks emotional. So I put my bag down. I sit next to him. I put my arm around him because he's one of my dearest friends in the world. I love him. I said, hey, man, you Okay. And he looks up at me, goes, yeah, man, I'm all right. Why? I said, well, you look like you're crying. He goes, yeah, man, I'm trying to tear this quarter and I can only bend it. (laughs) And I just got up. I said, look, man, (laughs) you touch me, I'm going to hit you with my car. (laughs) Just letting you know. like, And he's got a quarter, a U.S. quarter, and he has bent it with his fingertips because he's trying to tear the metal in the quarter for a strongman thing he was doing. I don't know how to operate with that. One of my fingers are too fat. Like, you know. Like, I have enough trouble opening, like, 
You know those little things you have to put your finger in the top to pull it out? The little, you know, like the like the cream, like the heavy cream or something yeah, like that? I know, yeah, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah like you got, it's got that little plastic loop and you got to put your finger in it. Oh, yeah. No, that just doesn't. I'll, I'll be there for, for 10 minutes just, you know, it's... <laughs> You know, it's terrible. Now, Paul, I was going to ask you, too, talking about tag team partners, and I would imagine it would be hard for you to pick a favorite. You've worked with Undertaker, Kane, Lex Luger, Scott Hall. It goes on and on. I mean, I guess I, I could try to get you to answer that so you can tell me if you had a favorite tag team partner. I've got great memories with a lot with of them. Some of the memories. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, some are in AEW. Uh, some are, uh, are obviously from, from WWE. But, um, you know, Mark Henry and I always had a lot of fun. Um, competing against each other and tagging together, or just riding down the road together in the car. Like, what kind of car was holding both of you? <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a video on my Instagram. We were in a Dodge Challenger together one time, and we kept saying two fat men in a small car. <laughs> we were singing. That thing had to be scraping metal, man. Uh, had to. It was tough. Uh, I think one time there's a clip of us somewhere. We stole at the docks in New York. We stole the little electric uh, New York Police Department cart. And we jumped in that ride up and down the dark, uh, the dock. And if one of us would have passed gas, it would have blown the windows out of it. Right. I guarantee. You. I feel like Mark could probably rip that like the quarter he was trying to. Well, rip. Mark, <laughs> Mark makes statements because he's real country. He's from Silsby, Texas. But Mark is, you know, he's a strong man. That's his thing. He does things like the the big, thick, two hundred and something pound dumbbell, one handed. He picks. Most people can't pick it up off the floor, and Mark carries it around like it's a water jug. You know, yeah. like he's on a different level, but. We were talking about being strong, and I was like, yeah, I said, I know that I could grab a car door at the top, and I know I could pry the top of a car door off. If I needed to get somebody out of a car, I could pry the car door off if I wanted to, the top of it, bend the top over and snap the window the whole nine yards. And Mark goes, yeah, like sometimes... I feel like if I get my hands, I could pull the skin off somebody. And I went, I went, hold on. Yeah, you can. Why are you thinking that? Like, all right, man, we need 30 seconds. Just, you need to let that person go hide back in the dark spot. I can't. I can't that, deal with that. I can't. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the only the only thing you can do to that person is get the car you were talking and about. And the thing yeah. about it, they're talking about this stuff casually. Like, that no. stuff regular human beings don't talk about. So, I got to ask you then. Yeah. What's especially for a guy your size? What was the craziest bump that you ever took? Um, <laughs> and I have to clarify for the people out there: they bump don't is when you fall down. Go. Yeah, bump yeah, is when we, you fall. We, down. Last we time we did this with Mark Henry, we talked about it. It was bump. the nineties. There yeah. were a lot of those yeah. bumps going around, but I don't know anything <laughs> don't about that. Don't get in trouble today, please. Yeah. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, let's not do that. Uh, yeah, a lot of people hated that stuff. They loved the way it smelled. I get it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy bump wise I think my very first bump off the roof of Cobo Hall was pretty crazy because now I wouldn't do it as a seasoned veteran now I'd have been like absolutely not no I'm not doing that but the bump was monster truck fight with Hulk Hogan on the roof of Cobo Hall we're going to struggle fight then you're going to fall off the roof and I was falling into an airbag and it was a pretty good pretty good drop probably I was like 25, 30 feet in this giant Hollywood airbag. Ellis Edwards, who had been the stunt coordinator, had set everything up. And famous Ellis Edward lines, when you're doing a stunt with him, you'll probably be okay. You know, like right now, I there's no way. I that's But up then, I was like, wow, this is my first thing. Okay, I got to do it. You know, and I just went over and took the bump. But now, I'd be like, absolutely not. Man, that is. But other than other stuff, no, I was, um, I was pretty much. Everything that I've ever done, most of it's been my my idea on doing a lot of stuff. Um, 
Like there's a famous one where Kurt Angle uh, shot me with a dart gun to shave my head. And I was actually in that production meeting and <laughs> I first pitched it out and everybody started laughing. And I was like, no, no, no. I saw this thing on National Geographic where they had to shoot this water buffalo to transfer it to another park. And I'm like, it'd be great because you're going to shave my head and I'm a giant. So what are you going to knock me out with that I'm going to lay there long? I said, it'd be great. Just have Kurt, you know, and they made sure because it was, you know, of course, gun awareness and stuff. Like, so they painted the gun red, white, and blues to make sure it was a, a dark gun. And it was a we could push the envelope back then a little bit. And he shot me with a real dart. There was nothing in it. But I wanted the visual of the dart sticking in my back because I thought, oh, that'd be great. And then I could do the the cell and fall down and then I'm helpless. You know, it's how do you tell that story? That's I was all wrapped up in the mechanics of it. Finally talked uh, Vince into doing it because at first, because Vince was kind of crazy back then. And then he was kind of like, oh, like he thought I was just trying to be tough. And then when I started explaining it to him more, he really got into it. And then if I wanted to get out of it, we weren't getting out of it. But I was into it, except for the part that my friend Kurt Angle has OCD. And instead of pumping the gun once, he pumped it like six times. So when he shot me in the back with that thing from five feet away, because we wanted to make sure there was no missing, there's no accidents. I had this giant three and a half foot wide back from this far away. You should be able to when he hit me that you'll see me look over my shoulder at Kurt because in my mind I'm like, ow. <laughs> like, like it was intense. I've never been shot before, and I'm sure being really shot hurts much worse, but that's all I need to know of ever getting shot. What's worse being compared to a mongoloid or a water buffalo? What was worse? Um <laughs> You know, it's funny. I don't take any of that. I don't take any of that to heart, bro. Uh, I learned. I had to learn a long time ago to develop thick skin and understand that people aren't necessarily being rude. They're just trying to communicate what they feel and what they see. Yeah. I don't think of myself as a mongoloid. I don't think of myself as a water boy. And it's not up to, uh, uh, water buffalo. It's not up to me to uh, to tell them how to feel. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's how you feel. Good for you, and have a nice day. You know, so uh, I never took any of that uh, to heart. You know, even when, you know, uh, Rock used to call me a 500-pound bag of monkey crap. You know, <laughs> I don't think I'm a five. I think I'm an actually a kind person that reads a book occasionally. But, you know, anyway. You're lucky Paul White thinks of it that way, yeah. just like for other people here. Like, that's well, incredible here, understanding. Here's, here's I mean, the thing. Like, you can take a lot of – I, I, I'm not getting philosophical on you, but I will. You can take all these things and, and, that come at you and – it's a line from Roadhouse. Believe it or not, the wisdom comes from Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse when he's talking to the bouncers. And he says, well, what if uh, somebody calls my mama a bad name? And he goes, well, is she? And it comes down to the point. Mm -hmm. Somebody can call you something, and then you're like, well, oh, am I? Well, no, that's not me. Then it doesn't matter. Because, you know, you give people the power to affect you about how you feel about you. And I just not give anybody that power. Man. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break right here. We're going to come back, finish up with you, Paul. We're loving it. People on the text line are loving it. So more Paul White on the other side. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show on a Thursday, and it's a big show, as we said before. We got Paul White in the building. You guys have been enjoying it out there. So before we get him out of here, we're going to let him know some of the things that you guys have been saying on the Charlotte Men's Clinic. Text line 704-570-9610. Joe Gibbs Jr. says, what professional teams does Paul root for? Uh, Professional teams that I root for. Okay. Well, in football, I've got two teams that I like, uh, two teams that I'm pretty uh, – I have friends with that I'm pretty loyal to. One's the Miami Dolphins because um, their orthopedic staff takes care of me and, mm. and, and Dr. Yagnick and Aribe and Dr. Swartz and all those guys. They're, uh, they, I used to live in the Miami area, and I got to know some of the Miami football players back in the day, and just their involvement in the community was so impressive. And I think that's where I develop my fanship is from actually meeting meeting different people involved in the organizations and then the Jaguars. Uh, obviously, because Tony Khan owns the Jaguars, but then also Mike Perkins, who works in the office of the Jaguars, is a good buddy of mine. Great dude, comes from a legendary football family. And then meeting the Jaguar players. Um, I met Trevor just right away, especially when you're older, you kind of know when someone's got it you're just like wow all you gotta do is stay on track young man you're gonna have a hell of a life like met trevor and just from instant one liked him he's young but he's a leader and he's a stud and i i just uh, as far as the way he plays football his competitiveness his his toughness he he doesn't come across to me as uh the newer professional athlete businessman he comes across very tough to me and he's in it for the game and his team and winning and and that was super impressive to me so may not be a popular answer in north carolina but i'm always rooting for those two teams well stanford p wanted to know on the text line if you were a gamecock or a tiger it's funny i got recruited by both but i grew up close to columbia and i gotta be honest when when i was a poor kid growing up so all the rich kids when I was growing up were Clemson fans. So I was a South Carolina fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. The, the, the heat goes way back, and then we all hated Georgia, so it didn't matter. We all got together. We wanted Clemson to beat Georgia, and we wanted South Carolina to beat Georgia. So It's Paul White, formerly the Big Show, joining us here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ AEW in town this weekend. Paul, because we're talking about some basketball, I did want to ask, what's the best basketball player you ever faced in your lifetime and how'd you fare um (laughs) (laughs) um best basketball player i ever faced in a legit game um heck i can't remember i think the best basketball player that was on my team was a guy by the name of john smith who was from south carolina who came out same year i did at wichita state he was like 6'9 295 285 Ran a 12-something two-mile, stopped and tied his shoe, had a 40-plus vertical. Mm. Uh, I think he was a top 25 All-American. Um, 
And at Wichita State, I wanted him to learn to play the four better so I could play the five. And John and I, uh, he was just a tremendous athlete. That was my first experience at, I mean, John was so strong and so far ahead of his time then. I mean, he was benching over 370 pounds as a freshman in college. Like, I mean, his nickname was Stud for a reason. And it was the first time we used to have the long shorts back in my day. I remember he had number like like 32, I think, on his shorts. And I remember in practice, he took off just outside of the, the baseline where you line up for free throws, caught a rebound two foot and jumped. And I saw his number go by on his shorts and he dunked. And I was like, good God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, I used to have to cheat and stand on his foot and hold his shorts and everything in practice just to, to fight. But, uh, um, and we used to play pickup games with, uh, in the summertime, I know X-Man would come back to Wichita oh, in the summertime. Yeah. And, Xavier McDaniel. Yeah, right? Xavier yeah. McDaniel. And he was just tremendous. It's funny, Xavier McDaniel actually predicted my future. I was talking to him one time in the weight room, and he asked me what I was going to be doing. And my nickname back then was Big Draws because <laughs> I had my shorts are real big. It's a true story now. And uh, always when old people lie, they say it's a true story. But no, this one's true. He says, uh, says, what are you going to do? I said, well, I said, Coach Cohen's gone. I said, I don't know. I said, maybe I'll I'll just try out for every protein until I get picked up. I said, I'm going to play in the NBA. He goes, man, you'll be the only seven-foot guy cut by the Japanese team. He says, let me tell you what you need to do. He says, you need to go into pro wrestling and say you're Andre the Giant's son and say you're here to avenge your dad's debts. So I'm telling you, man, he said, you ain't a basketball player. He said, you're a wrestler. You know, and I remember thinking, no, man, come on. You ain't going to be, you know. You know how basketball players pick on each other. I was like, wow, he really thinks I'm that sorry of a basketball player. <laughs> and then now I'm like, wow, he's pretty brilliant. <laughs> it's a nice call. You said that was a true story. Now, when we were bringing in, Wes was bringing the big intro. He said 22E shoe, whatever. That's a lie. Lie. Yeah. Big lie. 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 Now, now I want to know. It got me thinking, okay, what's the biggest lie ever told about you that actually caught some steam? That, that you actually caught some steam? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think you nailed it on the head. That's a pretty big one. The 22-5E is the one that catches all the time. And then also, and it was part of the promotion, but that I was Andre's son. That was always a tough one because there's still fans. We that, got a question on that on the text we, line. We, we have fans that come up to me all the time. Like, you know, they'll say to me, says, I loved your dad so much. You know, he really brought a lot of a lot of joy to my family. I'm like, thank you. But in my mind, I'm like, my dad was a mechanic. I hope he did a great job fixing your car. <laughs> but I know who they're talking about. And it's really hard sometimes because back then when I came in, in order to give you instant validity, you had to be related to someone. You had to come from a family. You had to have some kind of a patronage, so to speak. And uh, that was the thing that they wanted to do. And, and it took me a long time early in my career to to carve out my own sense of self. All right, Paul, the last thing I'll ask you before we get you out of here, the right. fans want to know, can you suit up for Carolina on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Preferably, I guess we'd want to make guard. You want to make left tackle. What well, would you, you want you to tell be? us? Yeah, against Tampa, last game of the weekend, yeah. uh, last game of the season. <laughs> what, what position yeah, could you the help the Carolina Panthers? Help could I help the, the Carolinas? I will be honest and humble <laughs> and say um, Carolina Panthers have tremendous athletes and do not need my help. <laughs> okay. Um, as a younger man, I think uh, probably I would have been a good tackle. Yeah, I think he would have been too. Well, Paul, yeah. we appreciate it. Thank man. you. Paul White in the building. You can follow him on Instagram at Paul White. Come out to AEW Collision in Charlotte. 
7 o'clock start time at Bojangles Coliseum. I will be in the building. So Rick Flair's going to be there up. too now. Rick Flair's going to be there as well. There'll yeah. be many people there more yeah. famous than I, but this has been an excellent, excellent interview, man. Thank and, you. And we appreciate, appreciate you. Yeah, I feel like I need like us. a hug and like some chai tea after that. this interview. Like, we got yeah. you. We'll take we care of you, right. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back on the Wes and Walker show, we're going to get into the Carolina Panthers, the Pro Bowl. Uh, rosters have been announced. Who was snubbed? Should there have been a Carolina Panther on there on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ? McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We are flying high, folks, okay? Flying high. That was some fun radio. It's always the wrestlers, Wes. They bring it, man. They got the personality, the charisma, larger than life. And like I said, man, we've had we've had legends on the Western Walker show. This is all respect to all the wrestlers, but we're talking about the greats of the greats. We've had now three Hall of Famers, because truth is going to be a WWE Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. We've had three Hall of Famers on the show. R-Truth, Mark Henry, Paul White. That's right. Helping us out in the last segment. We'll put that interview on the website WFNZ.com. Go go to the website. We just got our numbers in from all of the clicks, all the downloads for our podcast series. Yep. Man, if you can't catch us, if you can't, if you miss a segment, go back at the end of the day when you're winding down. Maybe you want to listen to something right before you go to bed. Whenever it's listening time for you. If it just doesn't happen to be from 12 to 3, you can still catch us because we upload all and of more our content, content coming on the socials. You know, we gave you the little preview, but there's going to be more content. You know, we got pictures and videos and all that. WFNZ.com. Very easy to find. Just go to the Wesson Walker podcast tab. We're putting it out on our website, our social media tabs. Uh, you can go to at Wesson Walker, at Walker Mail, at West Bryant underscore 72, and at HTB underscore Josh. Now, as we go to the text line, the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610, not only did we get a lot of people really wanting to know what Paul's favorite professional teams were, we had some questions about the Andre the Giant son thing. He talked about that. Fiddy, how did you feel seeing multiple textures want him to hurt you physically? Because you can correct me if I'm wrong. There were lots of texts rolling in here. That's what the people want. Probably a handful of people wanted to see Big Show chop you. They wanted to see him. I I, I don't know how many moves they asked him to do to you. They wanted to see a few different size photos. And we took a picture of you alongside Paul. And so we definitely have that. But, man, we got a lot of people wanting to see you get hurt by that man. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. It hurts. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, what did I do to deserve such? I mean, like, dude, even Panther Bo, my guy. Mm -hmm. Good God, he could punt Fitty. <laughs> he did say that. Why? Why do you want to see me get punted, Panther Bo? That what did, did I do to you just because I cursed your Purdue boy? It makes, it's not my fault that your giant isn't as good as that giant was. Yeah, that's good. That's a good, good comment I by you. I think people just, you know, they enjoy seeing the sheer size difference between you guys. I wish you guys, you know, would come to the show on Saturday. Y'all should pull up. Well, I'm not necessarily against it. It's just not anything that I was, like, trying to make sure I got taken care of like <laughs> you. But I'm definitely not against it. Look, man, I, I am not the biggest wrestling fan in the world, right. but I am the biggest wrestling I guess interviewer in the world. Like if you get a chance for me to bring these guys in, then hell yeah, because they often spend a couple segments with you. They're very gracious with the time. You know, what's interesting about that. They get it because it's all about promotion. Mm -hmm. It's all about self-promotion. It's all about getting out there and selling yourself as an individual alongside the sport. And so, you know how much of a following there is. Like even if I'm not the biggest wrestling fan in the world, I'm not dumb enough to think that nobody else is interested. Like we're talking about somebody like Paul White who has over 2 million followers on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Our truth same thing. Mark Henry, yep. Lots of people are listening to his show for a reason. Yep. Podcast, Sirius XM radio show. Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of people that are interested, but it's because those guys let you in, man. They do. And those guys sell themselves. Those guys are out here making rounds. Like here is Paul White coming into the studio, helping us out, sticking around for 40 minutes worth of time, saying, no, nah, it's cool. No you know, problem. Taking pictures. You know, just think about how much that helped. Honestly, less than that, you do a better job of that than I do. If you really want to peel back the curtain, Probably. as far as like the self-sell, mm -hmm. the self-promotion, you do a lot better job of that than I do. But you can see the fruits of the labor that happens with Vince McMahon putting this idea together, wrestlers following suit, somebody that gets it like Paul White who comes in and tells you, man, these people, they want to understand how you are. Sometimes they don't articulate that in the best way when he's talking about the insults hurled his way or to his family. And he's like, well, that, that's just not how it is. And then so when you take, I don't want to say take the insults, but when you understand where it's coming from yeah. and then you still fight that barrier to a point where you can still reach these people that want you in their lives, then – yeah, you're going to get 2 million followers. You're going to be a bigger-than-life spectacle. Despite you being 7 foot, you could be 5'10". And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just interesting to hear the wrestlers always be the best interviews, no matter who you talk about. Yeah, because wrestling is no different than any other job. It's about bottom line. It's not just about how athletic you are, your size. It's about, too, you got to be able to put butts in seats, and you got to be able to sell merch. And you're not going to be able to do that if you don't have the personality that the fans can get behind. If you're not a guy that's got a story to tell that people are compelled by, man, wrestling is no different than any other business. It's the bottom line. Can you sell tickets? Can you put butts in seats to come check us out? Why you think AEW went and got Ric Flair, you know, up out of uh, the couch or wherever he was? Because Rick has been around for a while, but they know Rick is going to put butts in seats and Sting and all these other guys, man. So, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. All right. So the, the other thing is, you know, Jeff stopped by the studio at DJ Ace are, our, you know, are uh, a guy that I guess joined us a few uh, shows back. He was walking in the hallway and he saw him mm -hmm. and then he eyes get wide big. 
oh, is that Big Show? Yeah. And he's leaving. I'm like, yeah, go catch him. He's like, he like does a double take. What is that? Big, what? Oh, okay. Boom. <laughs> that, that was exactly our interaction. So then Jeff walks into the studio and we're all just talking about the sheer size, right? Like it is, it's a lot to take in, you know, having to bend down, turn sideways to fit in the doorways. The biggest thing for us was shaking his hand. I mean, everything is crazy. Everything's crazy. Yeah. Shaking his hand. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Paul. I'm Walker. Oh, it, it, it's not so much the length of the fingers. It's the fact that his hand was so girthy. What a girthy <laughs> hand that guy brought to the table, man. I, you can't fit it around his hand. Like, you can't reach the back of his hand. That was what was nuts you about his size. You can't. And that's the thing to walk. And that's the thing I was looking forward to was shaking his hand and watching him walk through that door. I know for you, you got me by a couple of inches height wise. And you coming in the door have to duck under a little bit. Like so I, I got to pay attention. I said, I can't wait to see Big Show come through this door. But I have decent sized hands. And I had to <laughs> Same. open my hand to its fullest to its fullest capacity <laughs> to be able to somewhat match the hand that I was getting ready to shake. It is unbelievable, folks. And we're going to have the photo on there. I did put my hand up against his so you guys can just see for yourselves. And, I mean, it's just what a treat. And that's part of the attraction of wrestling, too, just seeing these guys in person. All right. Yeah. So, I'm, and I'm also sorry about, you know, peeling back the curtain once more, you know, playing the hits, talking Panthers. I promise we're going to get to all the Panther stuff in the next two hours. But give us a, a couple more minutes just to be in awe about what just happened. Because the other thing is, like, when, when we're talking to him, and, of course, we have all the size and he's giving us all the stories, the Mark Henry stories are just flat out what I'm here for. When you have a man who is like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, in Mark Henry's case, right? Who weighs more, from what I saw, at least on the internet, maybe it's not true, but he weighs more than Big Show, and he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, we talked with Mark Henry. That guy is considered, you know, what, the strongest man in the world? He was certainly up there yes. when at his peak. And that man is crying because the man can't tear a quarter in half? No, you can't be that big and wild, Wes. Like nature has to take care of nature <laughs> and somewhere along the lines when they made big show that big, they said, okay, we're not going to make them too crazy though. Cause that doesn't do anybody any good. When nature made Mark Henry, when God, whoever was taking care of that and they made him the strongest man in the world, but they also gave him the capacity to cry because he got so emotional. He couldn't tear a quarter. And he also was contemplating tearing the skin off of somebody. <laughs> nah, man. That's too much. No, but the crazy part is how it's like, you know how people say it's a flex when you just throw something out there casual. That's the thing. It's normal for him. He's sitting there like, what? What are you, what are you asking me what's wrong with me for? I, I'm just trying to sit here and tear this quarter. What? What human being ever. Why are you crying? Spends time to try and tear a quarter. Dog. I've never even thought about trying to tear a coin. It's because you're sane, Wes. <laughs> I'm saying like, then it's like, oh yeah, I could rip the top of a car off if I needed to save somebody. I'll rip the skin off somebody. You this see how casually you're talking about casually. He's yeah. like, you know, look, he, he was, it was a real measured response. You know, like, look, for me, I could probably tear the car or car door off yeah. of a vehicle. Like that's something I could do. And then that was the lighter example he gave us when talking about Mark Henry. Yeah, that was the example to say I'm not as strong as somebody. I just, you know, something needs to help, like help us, you know, because the, you Big Show is telling you, no, man, we can't, 
you got to take a car to Mark Henry if you want to fight that man. And that's why when we interviewed him, he said, nobody ever tried me. Yeah. And I, out of all these years, <laughs> nobody ever tried me. And he, he, you could set, you could tell like he wanted one person to try him, but nobody ever did. Thank God. Hold on. And then we're, we're, we're not even bringing up the fact that this man double clutched Big Show on a bump. Do you know how crazy that is to have a man that big, that size? And he, he said he double clutched him like you would adjust to carrying groceries. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just like a totally different world that we're just not privy to of guys who are of that size and that strength, man. Sometimes you just got to break rules in radio. You got to forget about timing. Sometimes you just got to forget about what the content most people are here for, although most people are here for that, too. I don't want to get it twisted. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to forget about rules in radio, and that's what happened in the first hour of Wes and Walker. Yeah. Allow us to come off of the AEW Paul White Big Show high, okay? Yeah. It took us a little while. We needed a debrief, but we're back in action. It's going to be a normaler <laughs> type of show the next two hours, and we'll be with you talking about the Panthers, the Pro Bowl snubs, I have an interesting conversation I want to bring up about the cleaning of house with the Panthers organization. Just how much are you doing it? Campus Corner coming up next. So, Weston Walker, as you know it, yes. that's going to be here We're for the next two back hours. to what we normally are. With some references back to Paul White. Yes. All right, it's Weston Walker, Sports Radio <laughs> 92.7 WFNZ.